peace and blessings my loves wow it's already mid-november this feels real crazy <laughs> first and foremost uh this year feels like it's going by super fast uh, but before we get into the little commentary, it's your girl Zane Spirit. Thank you for tuning in to the Living in Spirit podcast. Uh, we are making our way through these episodes this year, man. Like, and our listenership is going up. Thank you to everybody who just takes the time to follow our podcast on Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to us. It's all very important. Um, thank you for listening to me and also giving my guests a follow and tuning into what they're doing. Like, it's really been amazing, the network that we're creating here. And so, uh, yeah, this next year is going to be even better. So thank you so much. And, of course, we're going to have a really amazing guest today. I cannot wait. Let me tell you about it. But I did want to... Before we go into anything else, uh, just let you guys know that it is okay to take a breather from social media. It is okay to take a breather from everything that's going on in the world. It is okay to take a breather to just smile and laugh and watch something stupid. Like, it is okay to just sit in meditation and not look at your phone for days. You know, like, it's all right, whatever you're doing. Just make sure that it's healthy and proactive for you and that you are not taking in too much energy from the outside world right now because it's all right. <laughs> this is not the end and we are coming into a brand new era in our society. Um, and so if you've been anxious or don't know how to feel or feel a mixture of emotions, I want you to know that you're not alone and I love you and everything is going to be okay. Um, this has been such a crucial time, you know, everybody has, everybody is so divided, it's so divide and conquer in our society, and it's really shown when it comes to elections, and when it comes to uh, injustice, and people, like, we're always being divided by the media, by the government, by other people, you know, like, it's just, there's a lot of things being planted in our communities to turn us against each other and that's why it's important to support locally to support local businesses local people support your friends your community uh, hold community events uh, hold community zoom calls I don't care what you do <laughs> you know um, but it's so key it really is key that we are taking time to just uplift each other and be in our communities more because when we look at the grand scheme of things, sometimes we can seem so small. And in reality, we are so much greater when we work in our direct places that we're supposed to be at. You know, some people are supposed to work on a global scale and some people work amazing just hands-on in the community. So, yeah, definitely put, you know, take whatever place you need to take. <laughs> take whatever place you need to take. Be wherever you need to be. Take the time alone that you need to to recharge, resurface, uh, resurface your goals, resurface your focus. It's so important. So I am here for your mental, emotional, spiritual, and physical health and your health and your wellness. Like that is most important to me, guys. So make sure that you are taking care of yourself. <laughs> um, of course, we have a lot of things jam-packed in this 
podcast, of course, my guest that I'm going to be bringing on in a moment, but we're also going to be talking about a really, really key important topic and covering some things that we can expect going into the new year. So let's go ahead and bring our guest on. Dun, 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 dun. Today we have the wonderful, the amazing, the magnificent, <laughs> the Jet Nico. What is up with you? <laughs> How you doing, Zane? Happy Monday. Bless Monday. You know, everybody going to get this on a wonderful Saturday. So, you know, we're going to bless everybody a wonderful Saturday. <laughs> hey, blessings to everybody on a beautiful Saturday. So, Jed, the, the creator of Blacklist Society, tell us, how are you doing this November? This November, Zane, I'm doing, I, I feel like I'm doing well. <laughs> but there, there is a lot of interesting challenges, uh, challenges mm -hmm. for November that I've sensed. Mm -hmm. That's a lot different than the year. Yeah, November definitely November. has a different energy, right? Yes, and, and I'm grateful for that. Like I yeah. think there's a lot of great things going to be happening, but I think there's going to be deeper house cleaning, if that right. makes sense. Right. I was just about to ask you, how's your sober November going? Sober November is lovely. Uh, so completely sober, physical activity every day. The one thing, the a couple things that I'd like to improve on in sober November is like mm -hmm. my journaling habit. Mm -hmm. uh, I feel like for some reason there's a resistance on the inside to journal. <laughs> mm. You know, I feel that. <laughs> I feel that. I don't know why that is. Like, I love talking to people, but when it comes to, like, journaling, I don't know if it's because maybe there's a fear of what I'll see or maybe I don't want to necessarily tap into some things that are there. But mm -hmm. I just know that the benefit is... Phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal. So I think I want to improve on my journaling. Mm -hmm. And there was something else that I wanted to improve on in Silver November, but journaling for sure. Everything else... I mean, I, ha I have an eating window of like 16 hours fasting and then a window of, of eight hours to eat. Mm -hmm. And that with the physical activity, there's a different in-tuneness. Yeah. So I'm really loving that. I'm loving the community around Sober November. Like people are reaching out, telling me what they're struggling with, what what are the benefits, what are the, yes. what are the struggles. And so I love to see the community come together around doubling right. down right I, I was just talking about how you know it's so important for our community to come together whether it be strengthening ourselves or supporting our art or supporting our businesses you know like just being a listening ear for people who are transitioning and making really strong changes for their life come you on. know and that that community is crucial it truly 100 percent and it's, it's difficult to find for some people, even for me, like uh, community is so difficult to find that I feel like mm -hmm. I started Blacklist to create community or to, does that make sense? Like sometimes yeah. we start yeah. things to, to gather our tribe. And so I, I'm right. just really grateful to have people who are wanting to focus this November because, I, and I don't want to go on a rant, but I'm like, I feel like our country pushes November and December, like, to, for us to eat insane amounts yes. and to like buy and consume and like yes. I'm so grateful for sober November because it's like 
why should I increase my shopping because like y'all say I should or why right. should I why should I have like these amazing days of gorging because of a, a supposed holiday and I don't want to go on a rant but I'm so glad for sober November because it helps me break out of uh, a societal thinking that I may not necessarily agree with and you can never go wrong with doubling down on you Right, right. You are absolutely right. And I think, too, my thing with Silver November, because I, I, I also did a little rendition of this. So I'm on day, right now I'm on day seven of my fast. So Let's I've go. only been juicing. <laughs> I've only wow. been juicing. And, and my plan is to do 21 days juice fast. So, so this is it, you know, and I am spending less money, you know, and I'm so glad you said that because I think it's important that people know that they do not have to uh, go into, uh, they don't have to go with, with the way media and advertisement, like they don't have to go with the cycle that we're already in, you know, right. and just like you were saying, our societal habits, um, and even for a holiday, like just, we're not ranting here, like this is just good conversation, so, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, but even a holiday that doesn't accurately represent our country at all or our, our community or our people, you know, like Thanksgiving exactly. is not, you know, like that doesn't, that doesn't help us <laughs> or our, our indigenous friends or anybody, you know, like it's a hundred percent. Like it's really, I feel like it's a really traumatizing holiday for our indigenous, you know, people and, and our indigenous community. 100%. And so I, um, this, this month and you putting it out there to get me started on sober November, I was already feeling like this was such a cleansing month, you know, like this was just the month to get prepared for 2021 Come on, and, and, and December and just to put myself in gear, you know? And so when you put it out there, I said, Oh, this is definitely it. <laughs> this is, this is confirmation for me. And I look at you as somebody who's in my circle, in my tribe, you know? Yes. And, and so just feeling that energy, like everybody's on the same wave. Everybody in my tribe is also like, look, I need a fast. I need a detox. I yes. don't know what it is, but this is the time. And it really is. Um, you know, so so grateful for Sober November. Woo. I'm really man. glad to hear that. Just a quick story on how it mm -hmm. started, too. Um, one of my best friends, I've known him for, like, almost 15 years. One of my, mm -hmm. the longest relationships I've had. He had right. such a challenging last couple months. Um, mm -hmm. Lost a family member. And in, instead of, like, going into depression, like, he doubled down on him. And, and it got to the point where it was so inspiring like he, he released an album he had an album listening party and wow. then after finishing that he was like yo i'm gonna do a sober november and i'm wow. like wow like and i think this touches on our topic you know when it talks it about death <laughs> but like instead of letting that pain cave in on him like he decided to transmute that energy like the alchemist of right. old and turn it into something else and built community in a positive direction so that's how right. i started sober november he told me about it and i was like you know what out of a desire to stand with you i will right. do this with you you know because I, I i already did like a 60-day cleanse or whatnot and i kind of felt like i had got that in for the year but when i saw my brother wanting to go on this journey into the wilderness is what we would call it i just felt right. i felt like hey you know what 
I want to stand with you in this. And it's been extremely beneficial. It's been extremely trying and challenging. Um, right. But when we move together as one, the effects are even more powerful. We move mountains. I have a saying like, alone we're strong, but together we're mighty. Like we're un unstoppable. Right. And so, thank you for joining. It. Thank you for seeing the benefits. And um, I look forward to checking in on the community and seeing how everybody's doing as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm ready to see how everybody else is doing too. I think. Once we release this on Saturday, everybody's going to be coming around full circle with their uh, sober November stories. So I'm <laughs> <laughs> are, are you doing your juices yourself? Are you outsourcing it? How, how are you doing it? Well, I, funny thing is, so my first juice fast a few weeks ago, which was also inspired by you, <laughs> my inspiration lately. Awesome. Um, so it, I outsourced to this local juice place called Clean Juice, and I love their juice. They, you know, juice it right in front of you, mm. and it's amazing. Um, but this fast, I have come around to knowing that I absolutely want a juicer. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I, I want to get a juicer myself because, wow, like juicing is so fulfilling and mm -hmm. just, mm, it's, it's delicious. I just never knew I would love juicing the way I do right now listen juicing and loves so, you yeah, you know, it, it, loves it goes both ways right right it loves my body and i can still be alkaline like i can get alkaline fruits and veggies yes. and it doesn't have to be acidic it doesn't have to be unhealthy like i you know i'm just i'm full of energy when i fast and i live a pretty fasting type of lifestyle anyway on a regular but more i know so this intermittent yeah. fasting you know, intermittent fasting. So this is, th these are my longest fasts that I've ever done. And this, this, everything that's been going, like you said, the, the death topic and depression and our mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health, all of that is so relevant. And I feel like more people are recognizing it this year more than anything mm. as they're being forced to go within and, you know, they're being let off from their jobs. So they're like, well, what am I doing now? Mm. You know, or, or they're they're reevaluating their business plans or their school plans or whatever they want to do with their life. Their life know? plans. And their <laughs> life plans. It's it's not even just one plan. It's all the plans. Yes. <laughs> you know, we're trying to figure out all the plans. So you know, just going hand in hand with that. Um, you know, this year has really felt uh, so promising in a lot of ways if you can like you said double down on yourself it's promising if you can utilize this energy to transmute it and to utilize this time as something valuable for you you know 100 percent. and and but I, I before we even go into the topic of of our discussion which i'm gonna let the audience in on that in a minute um i did want to ask you about blacklist society's mission and how you got started what are you doing right now? <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So I started Blacklist Society two years ago. It was November 2018. On paper, Blacklist Society is an independent record label and a media company. Mm -hmm. So when I was 13, 14 years old, I had this desire mm -hmm. to, to make a record label. I can't really explain mm -hmm. why, but like I loved music since a young age like it was my right. outlet it was my connection to community it gave me context for the world so when i was 14 i was like i want to make a record label i did so uh gathered people we performed at the talent shows at high school but um 
just like a lot of us, I got lost in my life path, followed a lot of different bad elements, and I strayed mm -hmm. away from that. So two right. years ago, I was in corporate America. I was making money that I haven't seen before. And I was like, I felt this drawing to put that money into the dream. They have, they right. have this saying, like, if you look back to when you were like 19 to 13 and you identify what you really wanted to do, chances are that was exactly what you were supposed to be doing. <laughs> and so it took me, <laughs> it took me 15 years to circle back around, uh, it's okay. you know, and um, so I did that. Uh, after yeah. seeing, believe it or not, Tony Robbins and Gary Vee, they came to Orlando, Florida, and they had a, a, a big conference, and they just spoke about, you know, not waiting and doing the mm -hmm. thing. And so after that, I performed at an open mic for the first time, and then I filed my LLLC, what? and then I made Blacklist Society. A little bit about the name. Um, mm -hmm. So I grew up in Orlando, Florida as a minority mm -hmm. my, my parents are immigrants and I'm, I'm Filipino and like it was really mm -hmm. difficult for me personally to like vibe out as a minority in the community growing up through like middle school high school college even. right and so it felt like I was blacklisted you know like I felt mm -hmm. like shunned from popular culture I wasn't necessarily like uh, you know invited to all the cool kid parties and stuff right and so in my late 20s I was like wow like what if I made a community for, just for people, like people who felt like shunned by popular culture for us who felt blacklisted you know whether you've had a troubled right. past whether you're different and what if what mm -hmm. if this platform was an opportunity for us to all gather and celebrate our differences through our creative mediums right. which mine was music and so that's kind of how the right. name started blacklist society like for those who you know didn't necessarily feel accepted by normal society or, or normal community in a sense. And so two years ago, right. I started it. Um, we started promoting events in downtown Orlando, like in the different club scenes or whatnot. So we did right. parties and events and uh, we branched into music. I mean, on paper, like I said, it's an indie label. So music was always the right. pillar, but everything that surrounds music, like events, community, um, mm -hmm. That's really what it stands for, and and the logo, of Blacklist Society, is is basically the the pyramid. Yeah, the, it's right? the all-seeing eye. It's the 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 eye of the creator. It's the eye of the artist. So celebrating the creative perspective, looking outside of the box. Mm -hmm. And if you look closer, you'll see even a, a deeper part of Blacklist and and my history, which it's a mushroom. It's a mushroom with a a bite taken out of it, like kind of like how. Was that for your psychedelic? Absolutely, 100%. Ba yes. Basically like how Mac had a, a bite taken out of the apple. Like what opened my perspective, what opened my heart was just the relationship with psychedelics. And, and just to be more even specific, because I don't like just saying psychedelics out there. I, I want to say like the ceremonial use of psychedelics. Right. You know, that's that's a, a very Not... deep part of my history, like working with indigenous cultures. Right. I support people exploring with psychedelics 100%, but where the value was for me was being in ceremony. And in a spiritual. Exactly. Having that covering, having like the shamans around, having the priests around, having people with right. lineage to show me. Yeah, and I think that was... 
how you say that was an introduction to community as well like like orlando has a very prominent psychedelic community you know it's underground it's it's not necessarily out in the open but i learned so much from that community and that's kind of like what birthed blacklist society that underground vibe that that very much right. spiritual um hippie celebratory let's explore together and adventurous side so currently blacklist society we're putting out uh, music we have a podcast that released every thursday and mm -hmm. you asked about the mission um i want to say like blacklist m mission as far as the podcast it's three things it's mm -hmm. to connect it's to encourage and it's to empower the community and how i do that is by showcasing our artists musicians and entrepreneurs and mm -hmm. my hopes is that when people see these artists, musicians, and entrepreneurs, that they would start to go double down on them, just like we had talked about, and start to engage with their creative outlet. Because mm -hmm. I, I feel like when you engage with your creative outlet, you start to find your voice and you start to right. speak your truth, which mm -hmm. we don't, if you think about it, Zane, we don't really have many opportunities in today's society to find your voice and speak your truth right does that make sense like like when mm -hmm. you and i when we were in corporate america like finding your voice and speaking your truth is not something that's promoted it's like find the voice of the company right. and speak the message of the company right and I, I feel like in 2020 when people are seeing corporate america being shaken and people start to realize wow what is my voice like what is my what is my this is not what Purpose. I do it for. <laughs> exactly. And so yeah. I feel like this is the perfect time to be fostering that. So that's the mission is to yes. is to connect, encourage, and empower. And as far as Blacklist as an indie label, uh, I'll tell you this story real quick. When I was in Washington, mm -hmm. D.C., a woman came up to me and she asked if she could pray for me just randomly. Like, hey, I want to pray for you. And she said, she laid hands on me and she said, one day you're going to change the world through music. Wow. And it it just, it stuck with me. Like it, like, you know, when something resonates in your spirit and yeah. it's like a light turns on and you're like, yes. And yeah. that was when I was 18. I'm 31 now. So I feel like the mission of Blacklist is, is as, as silly or as crazy it may sound. It, it literally is to change the world through music, to, to bring in that hope, to, to elevate the space to celebrate creative perspective and uh, unity throughout our differences. And I think that when people start to share their voice and speak their truth, and we can actually gather in a space and hear each other, that's yes. a very powerful thing. That's a very mm -hmm. powerful thing. Powerful. You are absolutely right. Wow. I love that story. You are so right, too. Like, <laughs> whenever you are in between those ages of like, 10 and 18 you know like or just in that childhood phase like really figuring out what you like to do and what are your hobbies like that's how I also came into podcasting you know I did radio for seven years from oh wow age six, from age 15 to like 21 <laughs> wow I didn't know that that's crazy yeah. and I did I was there at the start of internet radio <laughs> there wow. was like podcast this was 2011 <laughs> 2010 <laughs> podcast radio was not happening for real and you so know, you pioneered I, it 
you know, I, I don't, I don't know if that's it, but, but I feel so connected, you know, to the start of that. So I, I won't say I pioneered it, but I'm, I was there. I was, I was definitely in there. And, um, you know, I, you were right though, because I knew that I was supposed to be in media and in music and entertainment. And, but when I tried to do, um, entertainment business like an actual business specifically towards kind of like what you were doing like I was trying to do philanthropy and entertainment together Mm. and when I was doing that spirit said no no and my whole dream fell apart and I said what I thought this was what I was supposed to do for the rest of my life you know I Mm. thought I was gonna be a radio guru (laughs) I thought that's what it was gonna be and then spirit had to sit me down and say you're gonna utilize all of these talents that you've gained throughout all these years you're going to utilize what you've learned, but you have to go a little bit further in depth to what your truth is and where your voice lies. And just like you were saying, like, and spirit had to put me towards myself to do healing so that I could bring a better platform with actual spiritual knowledge and not just me utilizing the, the platform to create a bigger change for everyone else without getting me right and not knowing exactly where I wanted to be. You know, so it was like going in that that deeper step. So sometimes, you know, we'll be right on it and our dreams don't necessarily pan out the way we want to. And then, bam, spirit gives us a whole new outlook that we can utilize all of this. Like nothing was wasted. No, not at all. none None of that time that you spent not doing Blacklist Society, none of that was wasted. Right. Yes. You know, like. Like, I think that's so key to to just note, like, how we're celebrating ourselves and even celebrating those those spaces and time that feel like we're not really doing anything. Like, those moments of confusion, of not knowing where we want to go, are really the questions that lead us to answers. A hundred percent. It's the foundation. Right. Right. Definitely. And, you know, I've, we've met, I guess, around the time that uh, around the time that you were creating Blacklist Society. Very much and so. When we were in court. I can't believe it's been two years since I've seen you. Right. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Listen, time is going by so, so quick. Like, I don't know about you, but time like speeds up for me. Like every year I get older, yeah. like it, it, the, the seconds move a little bit faster. Yes, I'm like man. I I, I might be wrinkly by next year. Next year. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> but yes, I, I was about to ask you too. Were you looking to support outside of Florida, like outside of the Orlando area? Now, when you say support, you mean like bring Blacklist Society to venture out into other states? Like, yeah, I mean very much so. So I feel tied in a sense to Orlando because like I was born and raised here so I feel like it's my community you know like I want to Mm -hmm. build here like that's where my heart is and like and I feel like this is my my people but in today's age you know when you speak a message or when you put out a broadcast like that goes way beyond just Orlando and Florida and I feel like the impact for Blacklist will it'll ripple outwards and mm-hmm. I feel like it, it'll affect more than just Everywhere. Florida. It's just, this is like HQ headquarters for me. <laughs> Does that make right. sense? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's key too, to let people know that they can still get active in their communities and other communities see that and be inspired by that too. 
you know, I love how hard you go for City Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you so much. I love how hard you go for City Beautiful. It's amazing to watch, really. It's like a, how you say, I've had like so many great and so many devastating experiences in Central Florida that it used to be like a, a love-hate relationship, like with a bad parent, like, mm-hmm. you, like you've been through some things, but there's still love. But now being 31, I just have so much appreciation for it as the the trench that I've grown up in, like the battlefield and the, the people, right. like there's just so much love here. Um, I know that one day it'll branch outwards, but I feel like there's an ancient scripture that says like, you know, if, if you can steward what you've been given, you'll be given more. Right. So I feel like my right. hustle and my grind is to, to steward what I have been given until mm-hmm. like my boundaries have been increased. And I feel like that will come in its proper timing. Yes, absolutely. I love that. I love that. Um, last thing here, like, what are your plans for next year for you and Blacklist Society? Oh, I love that question. I love the fact that I'm just here speaking with you first and foremost, but I love the <laughs> fact that you're actually curious about these things. For me, so, and this is cool to actually talk about it on this platform. Like, I built Blacklist as a platform for me to create my music and to like protect Mm -hmm. my music so that I didn't have to answer to a major label or to any outsource. Like it was mine. And so like Mm -hmm. with Blacklist, I've been so occupied with promoting other artists and like doing podcasts to highlight other artists that in this year, I feel like it's time to just once again, double down on my music. So, so for this year, uh, you'll definitely see um, some EPs coming out from myself. Uh, there'll, there'll be more performances. In, in 2020, actually, I performed three or four times so far in this year. So, like, I, I love podcasting. I love promoting, like, my artists, and I love the city. But there's something about, like, when you're engaged with your craft, which is mine is music. Right. And when I'm on the stage speaking my truth and connecting with the audience, there's a literal, like every cell in my body, Zane, feels like it's on fire. You know that feeling right. when you're like, yo, this is yes. the lane. And so I think yeah. when you say, what does next year look like? I think it looks like <sighs> releasing my music. I think it mm-hmm. looks like performing um, and touching the city and connecting with the city. What else does it look like? I, I think that this year for my body, we're going to see like a transformation that I haven't seen in 31 years. Like just my discipline has been taken to a different level. So I think professionally, we'll see more of that art side. But like health wise, mm-hmm. I, I definitely see 2021 as like a pivotal year. Like I feel it even now, like when I, I worked out right. before we came onto the podcast and it was like, there's a certain in-tuneness in my body that I haven't sensed before, like in the movement and in the it meaning. It just feels like every cell is moving and you can feel it. Yes, right? it's, it's, it's weird. <laughs> it's weird. Like, it's weird in a good way. And I love it. Right. So I think, what is 2021? It looks like more health. It looks like more expression, which is huge for me because, you know, growing up, I, I never really felt confident or comfortable speaking my truth. You know, and mm-hmm. so now arriving in this point in life, like I feel like excited to speak what's been on my mind and on my heart. 
Uh, so I think that's what 2021 looks like. It's going to be looking like a lot of health building and a lot of truth sharing and a lot of, I feel like there's going to be healing from that, not only for me, but for the community as well to hear a different aspect of truth. Like, I feel like when people share their, their truth, it heals those around them. Does that make sense? Because right. it's like a light. Always. And sometimes Always. when you speak your truth, you're saying something that someone hasn't had the courage to say, or maybe they identify right. with it. And so I think that there's going to be a great unlocking in 2021 where we'll see more people start to wake up, start to be like, man, what is right. my passion? What's my purpose? And uh, that's what it kind of looks like here for me. And also, lastly, I'll just end with just doubling down with, on my relationships like I feel like my relationships are going to go deeper like with my kids with mm -hmm. my family with my team with my friends with new relationships and I just Your tribe. I, yep my, my tribe I feel like 2021 is is definitely a year where there's there's no bullshit there's no filter there's no there's no time for it like I feel like everybody recognizes we don't have time for just small talk anymore right we need to really be what's saying on our hearts and on our minds and allow ourselves to just be free. A lot of us are, you know, like I said, we're not speaking our truths. We're not living in that truth. And it's really putting a cage around us as people. Like it keeps us from being our most, you know, authentic self. And as we're going into 2021, I love that you are really just having that vision of, of being in your craft because wow. Like for, for leaders in the community who focus so much on growth and development for the collective, it's so important that we also show the collective that we take care of ourselves too. I got, you. You know, yeah, like, I got chills when you said that for sure. That definitely hit a chord. Yeah. Like, like we have to also be present in our own, you know, in our own lives. And we are our best, like we are the best examples when we're living in our, in our truth and our, in our, our authenticity. Ooh, I can't talk this morning in our yes, authenticity, you, can. you know, I can, you're right. Ooh, I can just, I don't care if it's jumble. It's going to be a word. <laughs> <laughs> whatever words I need. That's going to be it. <laughs> but you know, like just being in that authentic truth is so important. Um, but I do want to go into our topic for today, which I feel like is dear to both you and I. And I'm so glad that you chose this topic out of the ones that um, I had available, which is coming to terms with death. Yes. And and I wanted to ask you, like, what is death? Like, what does that mean to you coming to terms with that? Man, so I, there's a couple questions there. I heard um, what is death? What does it mean to me? but also heard like what is coming to terms with it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I we can break that down. Yeah, I just <laughs> I no, well I just felt the the transition. I felt the shift. So we're like in a different space. Right. So like death is death is very interesting to me. Death mm -hmm. death to me is very mysterious and at the same time I'm grateful for it because it's been a teacher to me. Um, whether it's mm -hmm. seeing loved ones pass away or whether it's seeing relationships die or whether it's seeing seasons come to an end. But I think just to answer mm -hmm. your question, like, what is death? Death is a, a transition from old to new. And if we mm -hmm. look at it like that and accept it as that, it's easier to accept. Like, okay, something mm -hmm. has 
something has definitely marked a difference. Like when my right. when my children were born, there was a death of me just living for me. And there was right. life as a father has begun. So when I think right. of death, I think of a transition from the old into the new, um, especially when it comes to dealing with death in the physical. I feel like mm -hmm. I believe there's something that comes after this life experience. And I heard a, mm -hmm. a wise man say that life is the dress rehearsal for what's to come <laughs> next. Yes, and I, I like that. Yes, so I kind of look at it like this Ooh. is the dress rehearsal for the afterlife. Um, coming to terms with death, like what is that? Um, now, do you mean when it comes to coming to terms with death, like what are some things that have helped me coming to terms with death? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yes. We're going to talk about the stages of grief too. Sure. So, yeah. So coming to terms with death, I want to say like, next to like being in love and like having experienced divorce like coming to terms with death mm -hmm. has been one of the most challenging things for me as a human uh coming to, ter to terms with death uh, it's up there you know because they almost feel yeah. similar but like right i want to feel i, I want to say like every time i've experienced death close to me it's put me in a space that's been so challenging and coming to terms with death has always led me to two disciplines like how I come to terms with death and this may mm -hmm. sound really basic but whenever I've experienced death it's always pushed me to get back into a disciplined physical regimen mm -hmm. and to yeah. and number two to get back into a disciplined eating regimen. Mm. Now the audience may be like, man, that's really how you've come to terms with death? A hundred percent. It sounds simple, but it's, it's actually a challenge because I do the same thing. Yes. It, it can be a challenge. And I get you on the physical part because when you create a physical regimen, it helps your mind and your emotions to process things more organized, in now. a more organized fashion. You know, so like, let's drop these little gems for everybody because I need y'all to know that it literally, if you feel so overwhelmed or like fasting, fasting helps me with mental clarity so much. Mm. If I am confused, if I am hurt, if I'm grieving, just like, and I'm also an emotional eater. So if I eat while I'm emotional, I have to literally put that away and say, I don't care if I'm hungry right now. I literally have to discipline myself to not l be sitting here stuff in my face with my emotions that I refuse to, you know, acknowledge. Exactly. Like, just to chime in on it, that, like, when when I've mm -hmm. been in a place confronted with death, two of the challenges that I face with or, like, that come to um, come against me is, like, eating habits. It's, it's, all, it's, mm -hmm. all, it's all around consumption. Consuming food or consuming right. entertainment. Like, yes. those are my two default things that through life I've been challenged to, to work against. It's like, okay, I've lost someone. Now I either want to consume food to ignore that feeling or I want to consume some form of entertainment because I don't like the way my movie is. I want to see right. someone else's movie. And right. that's why I say physical activity and eating has been 
monumental for me when it comes to dealing with death because Les Brown says this thing. He says, when when things go bad, don't go with them. Mm-hmm. You know, when things go I bad, I love him too. He's been <laughs> he's been pivotal for me. And when yeah. uh, like this year, for example, uh, I lost my 13 year old niece to to cancer. She was battling cancer, mm. and it hit so hard, Zane. It hit like to in my sternum, like in my soul, like it right. it, it hit. And it challenged some things that I was believing at the time. And when that happened, I wasn't at all by any means. I wasn't physically healthy. In fact, I was doing pretty bad physically. Like I I could feel the depression. I could feel my body not moving the same. I could Mm -hmm. feel my breathing differently. And when I, when I lost my niece, I started a a disciplined walking regimen in, in Lake Eola in downtown and when my body mm-hmm. started to move, it's there's something about movement. Like I can sense her with me. Like, and that's not right. that's not something that's happened sparingly. Like that also happened when my best friend died. Like, I got into a, a walking regimen where I could just walk and process. Like when your body is moving, like your spirit is processing. And when I'm when yeah. I'm walking in nature or when I'm walking by the lake, like I can feel these loved ones with me. There's a certain connection when the body is moving right. and it's outdoors and there's breath and you're breathing. And, you know, I'll just not to go into this too heavy, but like I believe food is a type of programming too. So like when you're yes, when you're eating cheesesteaks and when you're just you know chips and candy and sugar, like not the cheese you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like well that's that that's one thing that I struggle yeah, with. It's like you're right. you know I go in. <laughs> she's like don't don't, like, <laughs> don't put that I'm evil on me, you. Ricky Bobby. <laughs> I was like, I can't believe you brought up the yeah, cheesesteaks, fam. Like, this must be personal. This, these, are, these are personal <laughs> things for me. And it's like, I feel like when I indulge mm-hmm. myself too much in these foods or whatnot, right. it's like it's numbing my senses. It's numbing my spirits. But, like, when I'm moving right. and I'm exerting force and when I'm sweating and when I'm eating vegetables and fruits, like – you're releasing that energy. You're releasing it, but I also feel like the food like adds to the healing process. Does that make sense? Right. Like, can we talk about that mm-hmm. too? Like, I feel like, yes, I feel like absolutely. when they said, when the ancient Greeks said, "Let food be thy medicine," it wasn't just for the body. Right, right. It was for the spirit because it has a vibration. Can we talk it about that? For I feel like people sometimes yes. sleep on that for some reason. It's like yes. your food they... is not just a medicine for the body. Right. Yes, we absolutely can talk about that. And, you know, I, and I talk about this a lot with spiritual journey because, you know, everybody's like, oh, I don't like the the this is a whole other topic, how they talk about like, oh, you have to be vegan and plant based to be spiritual. That's not true at all. I agree. But I do believe that food is, you know, medicine for the spirit as well. And that it it, it, ha- it carries its own spirit, its own energy its own frequency. Like when you talk to your food, your food talks Come back, on now. you know? And so it's, it's crucial. And I, I do think it is slept on because like you said, in our consumer society, like uh, just even in this fast, I've, I've realized that when I go hang out with people, it's so common to eat together, even if we're not hungry. <laughs> or, <laughs> That's so or, true. I, I, 
Uh, that's so true. Like, <laughs> like, why are we doing that? Why? <laughs> why did I just do that? You're the first person <laughs> you know to that? actually highlight that in that way. Very articulate. I mean, you just smacked me in the face. With that. I was like, man, why do we do that? <laughs> but, you know, like, um, I think food in our society, it has been, the, the message has shifted from food being a medicine, both spiritual and physical, to food being a coping mechanism, and, and in other ways, also a place to bring community together, which is beautiful, but I, I think there's an overindulgence 100%. to it, definitely, you know, and your thing is cheesesteaks, mine is pizza, I'm not gonna lie, like, you know, oh, yeah. when I'm not feeling, when, when I'm getting into my depressed, I crave that cheese, I crave that bread, you know, and also our cravings show us a lot about the energy that we're holding in, Oof. especially... Especially I've noticed when I'm grieving, I really want to eat those foods that I'm addicted to, you know, and programmed to addict to, to be addicted to, you know, sugar wise. Speak on that a little bit. Like, why do you think that is? Like, uh, this is me trying to gain understanding right now. Yeah. So, well, first things first, you know, like if you have processed foods or genetically modified foods, like our body doesn't need anything genetically modified first and foremost. Like the food is okay by itself. But <laughs> yes. When, whenever, yes. <laughs> whenever you, whenever you are creating food concoctions in a laboratory, that is clearly not what is best for our body. Like, I don't know why we decided to do that, but you know, I mean, maybe they were preparing for us to go to outer space and us not have land. I don't know, but this was the wrong time to implement processed yes. foods. I don't know why we did that as a as a whole. But um, you know, when food is handled by multiple people, their energy is also being placed in that food. So if somebody hates their job <laughs> and they're packaging up your meat or they're packaging up your food or they're cooking your food. Um, you know, on the grill for you at, at your local Chipotle or whatever, you know, like you're, you're getting however that person is feeling mm. because energy transfers so easily. Think about if you walk outside of your sacred space right now into the world and you have an encounter with somebody, you may not choose to, you know, like if you're not protective of your energy, you may not allow that person's energy to attach to you, but to somebody who may be less um, focused on protection and cleansing and maybe not aware of their energy, they can run into somebody and easily take on that person's energy if they're not conscious and aware enough. You know, but everything around us is aware. Everything is conscious. So why aren't we? Mm. You know, so if we're not consciously processing our food, it also dampens the relationship that you have between you and that healing vibration. Yes. Too. So um, and sugar is known to, you know, our gut is our second yes, brain. Yes, a hundred percent. I'm so glad you said that. I'm so glad you said that. Our gut is our gut is our second brain. When you're putting sugar in it, you're hot. You're hot wiring the brain to to act like it's addicted to crack or something. You know, like you ever seen people who are fiending off of sugar? 100%. Or people who are like, I can't, I can't go without my diet coke or or my well, not diet, but you know, I can't go without my coke or my Pepsi mm -hmm. or. You know, my sweets, that's even me with, with chocolate. I had to start putting agave in my life, okay? This is some, this is some tidbits. Big shout-outs to agave. agave. Big shout-outs to agave. Agave is a natural plant. It's a natural sweetener, and it's delicious. So y'all go get y'all some agave and stop using that sugar. Please stop using that sugar. 
Um, but you know, all of those, if it, if it's man-made and if it's concocted, it's nine times out of 10, it's not going to have a good reaction to your body on a spiritual, physical, mental, or emotional level. And if you have those types of heavy foods in your body, you're also less protected in the moments of depression. Mm -hmm. Like when you are grieving, when you are dealing with uh, having a hard day, when you eat bad foods, when you're already feeling upset, you're only going to, you know, make the weights on your body even heavier, yep. you know? You know, when you were and talking, so, I was like, thinking that... about uh, mm -hmm. if, if you watch like a lot of movies or whatnot, like when somebody goes through a breakup, like the next scene, like they're eating mm -hmm. like a tub of ice cream. Or, or right. something, you know, like there's stuff in their face. And, and I think it's like a defense mechanism from like when we were younger as well. Right. Also, it's uh, culturally. Right. But that's why I love the, the partnership with moving and eating when someone has is dealing with death right. or dealing with a heavy vibration. Because I feel like when you're moving, mm -hmm. like you give your body the chance to speak on what it needs. Does that make sense? Like right. in, when after like a good workout or a good nature hike, like your body will tell mm -hmm. you, like, I need an avocado, you know, or something like that. Like when, <laughs> right. when my niece passed away this past, uh, this year, uh, that's right. when I, I got into the 30 day uh, juice cleanse and I didn't really see the mm -hmm. connection until being on this podcast. It was like, yo, my body was like, OK, we need to switch into cleaning house so that we can right. transmute this energy you know, and not go down. This was the first time I experienced death and I didn't um, get into that rut of just burying myself right. in entertainment and, and, and bullshit. It was like, okay, let's start a podcast to shed, let, to shed let hope. Let me focus on Yeah, me. let's focus on me and let's, let's impart this positivity to others who are going through it as well. Right. And I love what you said earlier, too, about death being also like a rebirth within yourself. Like, I think that's so key too. like not just losing physical things. My condolences to your niece Thank as you. well. Like, I know I know that that experience is difficult. Like death, losing a loved one is difficult in itself. And it's not the only right. type of death, you know, but I think that the word death feels so uh, like uh, what is it? Like, it, it just feels like it's period. Like, mm -hmm. that's it. Mm -hmm. Like, that's death. Like, death feels like such a, maybe it's just because it's one syllable. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> but maybe we need a longer word for death or rebirth or something. Like, I feel like rebirth is more of a, a proper term because like you said, you can feel her yes. spirit. You can feel your loved one's spirit. And what really changed death for me was when I started tapping into my mediumship mm -hmm. abilities. So now I can like see spirits and hear spirits. And I know that there's not just a definite end. Like I'm not ever going to see or hear from them again, you know, and I might not, if they have a different purpose or need to be reincarnated, if that's what you believe in, but I definitely believe in reincarnation because energy, it only recycles. Yes. It doesn't die. You know, your spirit does not die when you leave this body. It's just a vessel. Um, and that really opened my eyes to being able to accept um, people leaving Earth and me also losing mm. relationships. Like you talked mm -hmm. about your marriage. Uh, this year, I, I grieved a relationship. And it wasn't um, 
you know, necessarily a negative grievance. I mean, it was difficult, but it was, it was like, I'm thankful that I had this experience, but I'm still hurting, you know? And I had to, I had, I had to like really go in on my discipline and just staying active in my daily routines because that's what kept Mm. me afloat during that whole, that whole shift. I was like, there was some days where I was just like, okay, I am journaling and I, my, my journal is seeing me cry for the Mm. fifth time today. (laughs) You know, journaling is my go-to. So definitely, I definitely recommend you doing your journaling thing. What are some Um, other disciplines that that helped you um, with that grieving process Mm -hmm. when you experienced it next to the journaling? Like the non-negotiables um, for well, Zane, what I, were the ones were like, okay, these kept me afloat right. 100%. So, so here is something that I actually incorporated into my everyday since I started doing this a few months ago. So this is like really, this is what the routine that has just felt 100% liberating. So every night before bed, I would get a pack. Okay, so I got a pack of tea light nice. candles you know, like the 50 pack. Right. And I got, um, my tea light candles and I make herbs and powders and oils and stuff like that. So everybody who listens mostly knows this. So I use my herbs and oils to dress the candle and you can use whatever you like. Um, and I poke five holes in the candle to represent the elements and spirit, or I'll poke holes to represent my ancestors that are watching over me, you know, and I speak into the candle. I whisper into it. I speak gently to it. I release whatever is on my chest to it. I say thank you for just cleansing me and releasing me and healing me and whatever other intentions, you know, and I just sit in that meditation with that candle And I let it burn throughout the night. And when I wake up in the morning, I feel so renewed. I'm ready. And so I just haven't stopped doing it. (laughs) I just kept it going. I love that. I kept it going. So I've been doing this for the past four months. What do you think happens when it's like burning through the night for you? Like what's what's the relationship you think that's happening between you and the burning of the candle through the night? Well, first things first is like, the spirit of the flame, I'm deeply connected. You know, we're all connected to the elements, all connected to spirit, all connected to the elements. If you're anybody who's listening, if you don't feel connected right now, that's okay. It took me some practice. So, and anybody else who is on this journey can tell you that too, but we're all connected to it. And when I'm sitting there and I'm just breathing in and I'm feeling spirit go through my lungs and I'm looking into the flame and the flame is flickering and talking to me and I can, I can hear that spirit and I can feel that spirit. Most importantly, I can feel it. And then my body begins to burn up the energy in my body is it radiates when I'm in that meditative space, you know? And so my energy is just, I can feel it renewing and moving and calling back my power to me. Most importantly, because we give our power to situations that don't deserve it. You know, so (laughs) I just, I was just like, you know, I'm calling my power back to me. I'm calling my power back to me. I no longer give power to these emotions that control me, to these situations that control me, to these people, you know, whatever it may be. And I just let it be a freeing ceremony. And when that flame is burning that wax, that flame represents 
action. It represents spirit moving in your life. So your higher self, you're already, con- you and your higher self are the same thing. You and your ancestors are the same being. Y'all are connected. So when you are lighting that fire, it's symbolic to you and your spirit moving just like mm. you would physically. Just like you, you get out there and you move on that trail every day. You burn that candle every day. You're getting your spirit moving. So it's the same thing, but just uh, on the spirit, uh, in the that. spirit realm. <laughs> so so it when I'm sleeping and I'm a heavy dreamer mm. too, you know, like I travel in my sleep a lot. I intentionally or do you just like wander? And well, that's my spirit does a lot gotcha. of work in my sleep. Um, especially with my clients, but also a lot of my visions about what's gonna happen in the future come during that time too. Um and so I just every night it brings that that it just solidifies that movement when I go to sleep. And if I'm looking particularly for something to be shown to me in my dreams, I'll just speak that into the candle and I'll go to sleep and I won't worry about it. And usually it comes to me, you know, it may not come that day, but it may come a few days later, you know, whatever is necessary. But um, yeah, just working with the elements, working with the ancestors Mm. that has helped me so much to deal with grief and the stages of grief, which I do want to talk well, about real quick just to chime um, on that just to chime denial. on that before we transition mm-hmm. yeah, when uh, when you said the elements do, do uh, there's something about lighting a candle mm-hmm. too like dealing with the grief cuz when my it was about 2 2 almost 3 years ago one of my best friends had passed away and it mm-hmm. took it, it took me to a really dark place like it just it was very depressive mm-hmm. but I remember this one night I had a little psychedelic ceremony and I left I lit a candle for that night and mm-hmm. it was so powerful lighting that candle because I I could feel him, you know, he came through and he came into that right. space. And then yeah. after I had that interaction with him, I felt so much healing. Like that's exactly you, 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 you nailed it on the head, that closer. So there's something about like the element of fire and lighting a candle when you're grieving and letting that, burn through and let it transition right. I, I don't know exactly the relationship but i know that it's very healing it's very therapeutic to to be by the fire in times of transition and grieving so i just yes. wanted to say that part because you nailed it when you said yes. that I, I thought that was really interesting that you did that when you're grieving this relationship and it, and it helped guide you through yeah and also like if you're grieving uh loved ones you know, we light candles for past loved ones, too, so that they can transition and have a light awesome. into the other side. Um, and so that candle is also everybody else's spirit moving and going to comfort wow. that ancestor to to the That's other powerful. side. Isn't That's that powerful. We we can still we can still comfort our ancestors and our past loved ones to the other side. And that is so healing. For, that was healing for me, too. Like, man, I, like, it, it just, it, it. whenever I tell people, please light a candle. I know that you're grieving. I know that it hurts. I know that nothing that you feel like, you may feel like nothing you do will make it go away or go better. But that's just temporary. Yes. And it's going to work out. But when you light that candle and give your problems to that candle... 
and you you send your even not even just your problems but your love yes. you know i'm transmuting the these these feelings of uncertainty these feelings of of being afraid i'm transmuting that into love and guidance and healing however that may show up in my life you know and i use that that a lot and it's so key i love it that really cuz i feel it like 5 minutes ago 10 minutes ago i, I lit a, a candle for a special candle for myself so when, <laughs> when i'm listening to you and i'm looking at the flame like i'm just feeling it i'm like man i'm about to trance out for a second <laughs> <laughs> that's me every day i be trance people walk into the room i won't even look i'm just on the flame i'm just there you do know do you do bonfires as well like do you engage beautiful, with that beautiful. I love bonfires. Oh, I, I love them. I I haven't been able to do one since I was at gotcha. my grandmother's last year cuz she has she has like a huge bonfire area, but yeah, I love I think it's so powerful. I love it. And I think fire Yeah, and then when yes. you bring people together to dance and yes. chant over a fire. It's different. Oh it's God. different. Yeah. Just mm. It's a different in Native vibe. American culture. <laughs> um, I used to sit in ayahuasca ceremonies with uh, Native Americans and indigenous. They would they would call it father mm-hmm. fire, and there, when you when you're yes. sitting with fire, like at a bonfire, and I know you know this, but maybe for the audience, but like you can, mm-hmm. that fa- that that fire will tell stories. It'll speak truths. Yeah. Uh, it'll speak over your heart. Mm. it's just so powerful and and it's like we don't you know our culture doesn't really talk about these a lot like these healing forms of modalities cuz they're like yo take a Prozac or yeah or like you American. know you know what i'm saying <laughs> take this pill or take this pill but like if you really right. honestly engage in movement mm-hmm. engage in good clean foods and you sit by a fire that those three things mm. yeah those three things That's are healing. very powerful we've been doing that for thousands of years as 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 human beings and yeah i feel like that's a good as prescription people. go out go out to nature do some hiking right. get get some berries in get some kale in, right get your sunlight get your sunlight and sit down by a fire and hash this out and uh those are some three pillars that i've stuck right. on yes i love that I love that, man. It's so key. I just there has been so many times where the fire and the spirit is really man, so good to me. <laughs> so good to me in those moments cuz definitely hiking, nature. I wish we Oh could my gosh, that's a genius. <laughs> like here's your prescription. An hour and a half hike Monday through Friday. <laughs> Listen, listen. You look, my grandmother is native. Oh, beautiful. You know, she raised me native. And so that's that's literally the prescription. That like that's what we've been doing for a long time. And I mean, my family got a little sidetracked sure. with our heritage at one point, but I'm glad that we're back now, you know. And like you were saying, we've been doing it for so long. And I crazy story. I feel like everybody needs to know this, but when I was little, I went through a very traumatic uh experience mm-hmm. at my father's and when I came home, 
my grandmother, I couldn't stop crying. And my grandmother, she was like, I didn't force you to tell me what was wrong or anything. But she was like, when I couldn't get you to stop crying, I created a bonfire outside. And I, I took a rope and I tied seven knots in the rope. And they were eat, they were all prayers to release what was heavy on your heart, you know? And she she was like, I threw it in the fire, and that next morning, oh you goodness. woke up and you were fine. You were healed. And and it literally took me 20 years to remember what that wow. incident was that hurt me so bad because of that ritual. You know, I just couldn't remember the pain. But when I finally dealt with it, I was so glad my grandmother you know, I was really young. I, I didn't really understand what was going on. And so that was my grandmother's way of helping me to heal in that moment. And that was so powerful to me. And you just made me remember That's that. That's beautiful. That and it's crazy because as you're telling me this, I'm looking at the fire and I feel like it just it's it's all connected in a sense. I, I feel like those three modalities, those three things like with fire, movement and eating food, like when we engage in those mm-hmm. things too, it'll help us interact with the ones we lost or with that thing that we need closure with like i'll tell this little story i was on a nature hike after my best friend passed away mm-hmm. and i could feel him in the wind zane like i could feel him like you know i just couldn't i can't tell you another mm. way like i could feel him in the the wind and i felt like he said you know uh, tell my wife i love her and I did. Oh, I honestly, did. and I sent her you a did. message, and it was it'd been a few months since me and his wife had spoke, and she's like, I can't believe you just said mm-hmm. that. She's like, he was on my heart, he was on my mind in this very moment when I saw you send that message. You know, and so I feel like wow. not, not only are That's these so things powerful and mm-hmm. healing for us, but like, they show us that death is not final. You know, they show that it is a transition it is right i like that word transition it's because it's from one thing to another it's just transforming something into right. another and i feel like when we get silent we get still and we get tuned in it, it'll help us bring closure because right. it shows us that it's not the end right it is definitely not the end not the end um, I do want to go through the stages of grief really quick before we wrap it up um, and just let everybody know, like, look, if, if these are these are the stages for you to look for. If you are in any of these stages, it's OK to take a deep breath and then go back into those modalities that we've been talking about, you know, or something that helps you to live a healthier, um, you know, live through the, the grieving in a more healthier way you know, and to experience it and to feel it and to allow yourself to mm-hmm. talk yourself through it too. Um, and just to be from a more level-headed perspective. So first we got denial. Then we have anger. Hmm. Then we have bargaining, which is a big one for me. Uh, depression and then acceptance. <laughs> and how you feel about these? So you said the, the something stood out. Because I'm familiar with these. What was the first three? Mm-hmm. Denial, anger, Okay, so for bargaining. me, like, sometimes I, like, the denial doesn't really last long for me. It's very, it's very much yeah. so, like, okay, this is what either. it is. Like, <laughs> I go straight to, like, anger and bargaining. <laughs> like, if that makes sense. But, like, 
this yeah. is something that I'm growing through because <laughs> to be completely transparent, like when, mm -hmm. when death of a, a person or death of a relationship has come, like I'll start to point fingers at my mm -hmm. spirit, you know, my God, like, yo, why did you let this happen? Right. It's like, uh, it's like a, right. the, victim the victim mentality. mentality. And it's like, those are some things that I've, I've had to grow through because it's like, man, I have suffered this mm -hmm. loss you as spirit were supposed to like protect and guide me from these things and and it's like how could you in a sense and it's like right i think that clouds judgment it definitely hinders the healing process bargaining let's see right i've definitely been in states of bargaining but not when it's like comes to death of a relate well yeah i want to say I've gotten to like a place of bargaining when I've lost a relationship. Like, okay, if I do this, right. restore this if relationship, like this. I'm going to go on a crazy fast or something like that, right. heal this thing, like bring it back to life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the, the spiritual exactly. The spiritual of version of it, right? Like, okay, listen, I'm going to go into straight monk mode for a year. Just bring this relationship back to me. <laughs> You know, and um, when I think of these stages of grief, yes. it's like they will expose the areas of growth mm -hmm. that you need. Like for me, it's the right. anger, you yes. know, like I'll, I'll, I'll transition into bargaining once in a while, but I always have to mm -hmm. get mad and get confront, mad. okay, what, what is this anger? And it takes me through a deep journey of resolving right. anger because like that's something that I'm still growing through, I will continue to right. grow through is being angry at the loss, being angry. That's what really what it is, you know, being angry at the loss. So when I when I hear these things, right. that's something that I definitely try to get stronger through is, is the, the anger out of all those things. Right. Right. I think it's important to note, too, like anytime we feel triggered by something, that trigger yes. is our responsibility to heal and to find the root of it. And our triggers, when in that moment that we're triggered, it's never it's never actually mm. the root cause of the issue of the way that we're feeling that way. It's because we've been conditioned to think or feel or to be a certain way or you know, we have a, perspe a perspective of something and it's limiting to what can actually be good for us. And um, whenever and we have this uh, this unresolved trauma or this hurt or whatever the case we need to resolve. So anytime I'm uh, my anger is not it, it's sometimes against spirit, but mm. my anger is mostly towards myself. I'm the hardest critic on myself. So I will beat myself up until mm -hmm. we're all the way down in hell mm -hmm. and me and Satan are having a conversation. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, but, you know. Yes. No, that's so powerful. We do that. We, we create our own house. Absolutely. I, I firmly right. believe that. Right. Right. So I, I definitely, um, denial doesn't last long for me either um, because then I just start beating myself up about how I know I'm already conscious and I shouldn't be, try to pretend like I'm not mindful yes. of this, <laughs> you know, but I think, I think as we grow and progress in our spiritual journey, the stages of yes. grief uh, show differently, you know, 
Cause when I, when I was younger, I would definitely be in denial. I would definitely be in anger, you know, and I would point fingers at everybody else and not myself, but the spiritual journey has shifted my perspective to always look at myself first. (laughs) So, so, um, working through my own boundaries and working through my own self-criticism has sometimes been Mm. my hardest challenge in grieving. And allowing myself to grieve, allowing myself to That's the key to right there, allowing um, it. Because we can all, we, we can all, right. And we can also spiritually bypass grieving, mm. which is toxic. It's toxic to not grieve the things that 100%. you feel sometimes Like I got to be about. strong through this <laughs> and, and be a certain way. But like, I think you nailed right. it on the head is like, that's a very challenging thing is to allow yourself to go through this grieving journey. That's very right. powerful. Right. That, that's what I had to tell myself most of this year when I was grieving was it's okay to feel this way. It's okay to be hurt by this. And it's okay that this transpired in the way that it did. And now I have to, you know, come to the place of acceptance. And I was teetering a place of depression. And that has been my biggest Going it slipping into my depression, I think you had mentioned this too, but slipping into my depression has been one of the hardest things for me in my Mm -hmm. life, you know, even as a kid. And so as somebody on this spiritual journey who is, you know, facing her demons and not running away from them at this point, depression and shadow work can be a place Mm -hmm. that I stay in a little bit too long. And it become it can be a little toxic if I don't balance my life with nature, sunlight, hiking, movement, you know, all of the things, good eating, all of those things that, like you mentioned, bring me that balance. Shad- too much shadow yes. work can also be harmful <laughs> because then we start to lose confidence in ourselves, you know. So there's a balance to everything. And I feel like keeping the balance in our everyday life is difficult in itself. So applying that to the stages of grief is 100%. a piece of work. And I think when you, just <laughs> you to know? chime on that, when you said like, when you're doing your shadow work, I think mm-hmm. that's something that's been very powerful for me in these grieving processes is confiding in ones that I trust. Because mm-hmm. I don't necessarily like to hash out a lot of the right. things that I'm dealing with when, when it comes to like shadow work. I don't necessarily like talk about that with a lot of people but I'm blessed to have right. uh, family, mm-hmm. uh, Same. like people, friends that I consider family that I can confide in. I think that's super powerful to have someone that you can hash these feelings out with, with someone who you know right. and trust is going to listen to you. I right. think that's also something definitely underrated, like that the power of community, of being able Support to say, hey, I am not doing okay with mm-hmm. this thing. And just having someone who's like, okay, I'm going to listen to you for the next however long it takes for us to get through this thing. I think that's a a very strong pillar of healing. Right. Did you get to confide in anybody like with your relationship or was it something that you, you dealt with solo when you were going through your grieving process this year? Or is that something that you got to, you know, confide in a brother or sister and talk that through? I definitely had community, you know, I don't put my business out there very much. So I don't have like a large personal community (laughs) to, you know, and I feel like that's okay. You know, it's more about quality over quantity, you know, like nobody needs a, a tons of tons of friends. If you have like two really great ones, you know, and I have really great friends. Um, and soul sisters and brothers who really uplift me. And even if they don't know 
what's going on, they always provide that open sacred space for us to talk. And I think that's key. And I try to, I do it too. I want to always open up that space for people to come talk to me, you know? And I feel like when we give it to Mm. others, we're going to receive the same energy. So I've been, I've been really blessed in that, in that place. And it's because I opened my heart to friendship and there was a time where it wasn't open, you know? So I, I know, I know that there's some people who are dealing with grief and feel alone because they have a mistrust or they may have not, may not be open hearted enough to, you know, receive that energy that wants to help them, you know? So that may give a different perspective to those listening like, Hey, you know, open, opening up your heart and also holding sacred space for yourself and others is going to bring that energy back around. To I you believe that because when you're it. going through these stages of grief, like it's one thing to go out in nature and hash it out. But it's another thing when you start to isolate yourself in an unhealthy way. Does that make sense? That's something that I've dealt with where it's right. like, OK, yes, I've suffered yes. a loss of any type of sort. I have a behavioral pattern of isolating where it's not just, okay, let me go deal with this out on a nature hike. Right. It's like, okay, let me shut off all meaningful things. And that's right. something to be aware of in this point. Like you don't want to isolate yourself. You want to hash it out and take care of yourself and, and, and engage in self care, but you don't want to cut off the right. things that feed you. And I'll just, I'll end with this thing. There's, there was a show with a, it was either Bear Grylls, it was Survivor Man. And he was, and he said this thing, you need two things to survive mm-hmm. in any urgent situation, no matter your nature, tundra, desert. You need to find water, and mm-hmm. you need to keep moving. And I've, I feel mm-hmm. like those are two principles that I've applied yes. in this topic that we're talking about. Like, I, I need to find my water, the relationships, yes. the things that refresh my mind, yes. that refresh my spirit, that refresh my purpose mm-hmm. and my perspective, and I need to keep moving. I can't stay in this spot. Like I need to heal. Right. Yes, heal. But like my spirit needs to stay right. actively creating and moving and embracing what's happening. So I feel like that's a good thing for the audience to just remember. Like if you're faced with any of this in the upcoming year or, you know, in the next two months of 2020, you know, find your water, keep moving. Right. Wow, that was such a powerful note to end on. Yes. Like, beautiful. Ooh, I love it. I love it. Now, Jen, please let us know where everybody can find your social media. Absolutely. Handles. So what, mainly, what, where can they you find can find you? me on Instagram. It's at Blacklist Society. That's B-L-C-K list, L-I-S-T, Society, S-O-C-I-E. Ty, I'm very good at responding, so you can send me a DM if you have any questions. Um, check out all the content on YouTube. It's the Blacklist Society podcast. The link is in the Instagram bio. Podcast every Thursday. We have 12 episodes in. Yes. Very happy about that in the midst of a, a pandemic. So check us out on YouTube. Thank you so much. They're beautiful, uh, too. They're beautiful people that get to come on, and I'm very grateful to just take a journey of being able to conversate like you and I have done. So uh, check it out on YouTube. Check it out on Instagram, and lots more to come for this year. And I'm, I'm super grateful to be able to be on your podcast, and uh, it's been healing just even to talk with you and just being able to converse with you as a friend, as a kindred spirit. I've loved this conversation. I hope that we get to have more as well.
Yes, yes. I hope to have you on the podcast again, maybe sometime soon. I love it. I love what you're doing. As you know, you inspire me so much, and I'm so grateful that yes. we And we vibed out so well, too. <laughs> like, we, I, I feel like we just vibed out, like, we were like, oh, right. wow, okay, this is it, like. <laughs> you, you, you was like, okay, crystals on your desk. Yeah. Like, okay, crystals on your desk. <laughs> yeah, I loved you from day one. I was a Zane fan, and then I saw how deep you were going. I was like, okay, I need to keep this connection intact. So I hope that we can have you on the Blacklist podcast soon, too, Man. so you can share and shed some light on, on this side. Man. I would love that. I would love that. And thank you so much once again for being here with Living in Spirit. I, I send all my love to you. May the rest of this year be so prosperous and abundant for you and everybody that you're working with. And just shout I out receive to all it in peace, love, and power so over you, all of your endeavors, the healing work that you're doing, and the audience as well. Thank you, thank you. And peace and blessings to my audience. Thank you for tuning in with me and Jed today. And Jed, I love you. Audience, I love you. The divine loves you. Let's keep this year positive and uplifting. Love you too, Zane. And I will Take talk care. to you guys next time.